Hello. Welcome to Welcome to the Child Whisper Podcast. This is your host, Carol Tuttle. We're jumping on Facebook at the same time right now. Hi, welcome to the Child Whisper Podcast. I'm your host, Carol Tuttle. And today we're talking about the uh, tendencies, eating tendencies with your type four child. And uh, you want to turn that light off behind me, please? Thank you. We're kind of we're getting some things set up in the studio here. So thanks for your patience. But welcome to my Facebook audience and my podcast audience on my podcast platform. Uh, today, we're going to wrap up the series with the tendencies, eating tendencies. And I know this helps adults as well as you helping you understand your children. Because the more you understand your natural tendencies, true to your nature, the more you can no longer deny them, judge them, criticize them, shame them in yourself or your children. And you can work with them. That is the whole point of the child whisper. It's to work within what's natural for us, what is inborn in us, what is part of who we are. And I know that it's helped a lot of you personally and a lot of you with your parenting. And I want to thank my sponsor for today's show, which is Oceans Alive. They have um, been a sponsor now for almost a year. And I love their product that is Pure Marine Phytoplankton. You can find a link in the copy above or below this video, the link is thechildwhisper.com slash plankton. I always like to start the show with a success story, and I am taking live callers. And so if you're calling, um, if you want to talk to me live, the number is 347-677-1963, and it's the best way to get your parenting questions answered is to call into a live show. Today's success story comes from a mom. She said, I reread the type four section of the book regularly. I reread the type four section of the book regularly. I hadn't actually read it in about a year and a half. I'm a type two mom and I've had so many troubles emotional with my son lately. I just wanted to cry with relief. I've had so many people tell me to punish his anger. I felt I was missing something and it was his way of communicating. Not only did rereading give me validation and confidence, but also helped him through it. Thank you so much, Julia. I really respect the fact that you saw the anger as a cry for help rather than a stance of opposition and that you were willing to look for answers to help this child move into a place of feeling honored, which then initiates cooperation. So I've been using five questions um, to look at the tendencies for each of the four types. I hope you've had a chance to listen to the other podcasts in this series. If you've liked those and you're on Facebook today, thanks for letting me know with a comment or some hearts and likes that you show so beautifully. But today we're going to... do the same thing by looking at the five questions and then a key word that I think really represents the behavioral tendency when it comes to these eating patterns. Remember, the type four child is our more serious child, and they're going to show this in their eating experiences. So the first one question is, do they stay at the table and eat? And type four children 
have the most ability to sit in a situation when they understand the purpose of it and have a reasonable understanding of the point of it and have been able to uh, compute in their minds, this is why we're doing this, they can get into a focused place and be still. And so stillness is my key word for do they stay at the table and eat. When they understand what we're doing here, we're eating. And the fact that they would get very focused on their eating would create a still, bring in that still quality. It's the focus that creates an inner stillness. Stillness is not a representation of a level of activity throughout the day. It's ability to lock in, get really focused, and be concentrated on the task at hand. And stillness is an inner quality that requires a um, nurturing of reflection and solitude so that that stillness can be uh, uh, really just be um, nurtured. It needs to be nurtured. So remember that about your type for child. If they're not able to focus in on their meal, eat with a focused, still quality, then maybe there's too many distractions or disruptions that's interrupting them and, and causing a sense of anxiety. The next question was, what is their content, conduct at the dinner table? And I use the word proper for this. Again, they have a sense of um, behavior more in an at a early age a stronger sense of this behavior is appropriate in this setting they just figure things out they have a sense of reasoning that the other types do not have so they would think that it's to sit at a dinner table and eat and behave accordingly to that would be the proper thing to do so they're more apt to do that so with that type four single focus, they can focus in on their eating. And interestingly, they can take more time to eat. They can't like socialize and eat at the same time. They're either eating or they're, they're interacting and socializing. And so they can take longer to eat if they keep getting spoken to and required to reply and respond. Um, they wouldn't be able to carry both through as, successfully as say a type one or any of the other types really. And then I have some notes from some wonderful parents. And my type four kiddos will take time before joining any dinner table conversations. Even though their table manners aren't the best, they are bothered by others' bad manners and will call them out on it. So they may take this position of being the authority at dinner, um, which isn't always favorable to their being supported and respected and it's not favorable to the parents role so you may have to talk to them privately about who's really the one that who's the authority over the dinner time experience another mom said she never liked to get dirty while eating while other tiny kids would be eating with their hands she learned quickly how to eat with utensils so she didn't have to get her hands dirty for her first birthday cake she wouldn't dig in and make a mess like most kids would do and I think that's pretty typical um, behavior for a type for child when it comes to how they manage themselves with food and their conduct at the dinner table. Next question, do they have a favorite type of food? Repetition is the word here that I chose. That um, more than any other type, type four people can repeat the same choices with food when they go out to eat, for breakfast, for specific meals. They have a more limited palate. And they have a high preference for things that they know they'll enjoy and the predictability of that. One mom shared, 
my type 4 child ate cereal, grapes, and hot dogs for years. I was seriously worried about him, but the prediction, but the pediatrician kept assuring me that he would be fine. Another mom shared with me at 12 years old, he joined scouts and the awesome scout leader refused to deal with anyone complaining about the meals on their summer trips, and he required amazing meals to be prepared. We spent the week prior to his first scout trip testing all of the food that they would be eating, chicken curry, beef stew, ham and cheese sandwiches, enchiladas, and more of the same. My son now will try almost any food offered to him, but he is just as comfortable eating the same egg recipe prepared every morning if he would like, even if he would like to have something else. And that's interesting. This mom didn't know her son's type, but he know, knew her, his preference for familiar foods, predictable experiences with food and repetitions. And so what a smart thing to do so that he had a successful scouting trip and he wasn't put on the spot or um, put into an embarrassing situation being upsetting uh, to his scout leader and being disciplined to eat the food that she helped him prepare for that experience by gaining familiarity and um, setting the stage by introducing the foods before they went. That takes more time. It takes more effort. But the, the long-term benefits of that with a type for child are phenomenal. They are lifelong. The respect that is created at a very, very deep level is a lifelong bond that you're building because you respect them in this way. The next question, what are, what are any specifics they request with their food? This is the word that I like to switch. Every parent uses the word picky. I've always said in the type four world, I prefer the word particular. I feel it's more honoring. I think picky, we tend to be a shaming reference. They're so picky. It's something we do to complain about something. We say that somebody's picky. It's a complaint. It's a judgment. It's not a positive honoring reference. So I like the word particular. Yes, they are particular. Type for children are the most often type called picky eaters. So we switch that to particular eaters. There's a reason for this. Because they have a small, based on the question that we just answered, they have a smaller palate typically. They have, they're, they have a very specific choice of what they like. That's with every area of their life. They have a very... They are the authority of their food. I like this. I don't like that. Pretty bold on that stance. So here's some stories that came in. When he was younger and before I knew about the types and I would make him eat his vegetables before getting up from the table, he would stay at the table for hours or he would hide the vegetables in his mouth and then spit them out in the garbage when I wasn't looking. He doesn't like certain things touching and refuses to eat if it's something he doesn't like. He started getting his own food at an early age. Another mom wrote, my type four has always been picky. That's what they said. We'll change that to particular. And one who holds the record for sitting at the table the longest to finish her, her food. There were many times she stuck to her guns and didn't eat the food. We would end up just sending her to bed because it was so late. They, so you're going to go into who's going to last. These are kids that can sit still for a, a long time. If you use the hole, you can't leave the table to eat that tactic. They'll probably beat you on that one. And is it necessary? Is it necessary that they have a wide variety of tastes. I believe it's supportive and it is the best parenting decision to make sure they're eating healthy. Does that look like a broad intake of vegetables? Does that look like a broad intake of whole healthy foods? Not necessarily. 
It doesn't require that in the type 4 world. Another mom said, my type 4 will not have her food touching at all. She will then eat one food item at a time. And I find that to be a very type 4 tendency. And if your child has that tendency, it could be their secondary if they're not a dominant type 4. Another mom said, he is also bothered if there's strong smell coming from the food and he refuses to eat food he's not familiar with or doesn't like the looks or smell of it. And so there's ways, you know, do you have to just, you know, there's ways to invite them to try more. Just like our mom said in the previous story about her, you know, you're going to go on this experience. The scoutmaster's not going to let you say no. So if you want to go on the experience, yes, well, then let's introduce some new foods. That could even be their being invited to say how they're going to choose. Ask your type for a child how they're going to introduce new foods and choices into their diet based on them being the authority of that process. What, how would they choose to do that? How often would they do it? What would they select? Invite them to be the authority of diversifying their diet a bit. Another mom said, she's like only a few items in front of, she likes only a few items in front of her at a time. I've noticed with foods like soups with a lot of different veggies and noodles, she gets overwhelmed and fusses. This is the baby. This is my, um, this is an 18 month old. I, I have to remember Sarah shared this about her daughter who's not quite two yet, Ruby, one of her twins, that she doesn't have the capacity yet to be really clear in her response verbally that she's noticing her emotional response to items that are presented to her and with the added advantage of knowing she's a type four, she's thinking, okay, soup is stressing her out, single items, one at a time, she's just going to do better. And she'll probably actually develop a more broad palate by introducing solid foods in that manner in their infancy. So those are the one, two, I think we covered them all. We, so our keywords are, oh, we for, forgot the first one. I skipped that. Preferred time of day to eat. We're going to, um, the keyword there is structured. All three of my type four children love to have a menu plan posted in the kitchen so they know ahead of time what's for dinner. Even when one of my type four children comes home for the holidays or visits, now that she's an adult, she makes sure to check the posted menu plan. Heaven forbid I change or adjust the plan in any way, especially last minute. And another mom said, expects to eat on a schedule, including snacks. Routine schedule includes having similar options for each meal. So again, we see that repetition. So we've got structure, stillness, proper, repetition, particular. All very true to their type. We can see this as, ah, this is so hard. Or we could say, you know what, I'm going to work with it, and it's going to be easier. Because that's always the case when you work with a child's true nature. You'll experience more cooperation and you will experience a higher level success of them making different choices and wanting to work with you because you're working with them rather than forcing them. Thanks for everyone for watching on Facebook. There's a phone number in the copy above or a link to continue listening. If you've got a question, now's the best time to talk to me, 347-677-1963, and we'll keep talking. I've got some great questions that have come in today. The first question I'm going to answer is, how can a type 4-3 grandma handle a type 4-3 seven-year-old grandson? I lost my temper the other day and yelled at him about how super indulged he was by his parents, stating I wouldn't tolerate his behavior. This was after I offered him several food options and then made him mac and cheese, which he had agreed to, and then refused to eat. We were at the end of a three-day visit, lots of activities. We were both tired, but I feel terrible about it. We're going to answer that and a bunch of other questions and your questions that are calling in. 
Thanks for watching on Facebook. So with that question, with that grandma, there is this um, sort of you do it because I told you to that runs through the veins of older parents and grandparents. You just do it because they said so. And that's a very hierarchical approach. And yes, there are times when it's appropriate to say, well, I shouldn't have to explain this right now. And this is just the way it's going to be. So I'm not completely against that strategy. Uh, I think you have to work with it. You have to know, are you using it as a desperate measure? Because you're not getting anywhere and you're fed up. So. You got to look at it. Is it is it a um, last strategy manipulative technique, <laughs> and are you relying on it too much? But in this case, you're both type four three, so we're going to say the battle of the wills. Battle of some very uh, bold, determined people here. And I don't know the age. Let's see, seven year old grandson. I would have just left it then. I guess you're not going to eat anything. You know, what else? You know, move on. Uh, no child's going to die from missing a meal. So he's not in your full care. I would have made sure that the visit was just highly pleasant and it's not for you to have. I, I try and avoid it all as much as I can, creating scenarios. I, I try and navigate the space with my grandchildren where I'm not having to be the disciplinarian unless really something is calling upon that. But I know their natures. I know their, the types in each of my grandchildren know how to set them up to be cooperative with me. And maybe there were some things that you just, how you approached it. Um, just he's old enough for you to have an honest conversation with and say, I, I really want to have a really positive experience. I could tell my type four grandson, who's nine, I could sit down with him and say, Seth, I really want this to be a positive experience. What can we do to make this better right now? I would have enrolled his feedback. Uh, this little boy's old enough to give you that feedback. So, that's what I would have done. The lines are open. If you have a um, call, if you want to call in, you have to press one when you dial in. And we'll keep going with our questions, though. Another question came in. My type 4 daughter doesn't like no for an answer. She's three years old and throws fits when we have to tell her she can't do something or have something. She asks for a treat or snack. And if I say not now, she screams and kicks. It's a distraction for the whole family and she won't calm down. What am I doing wrong? Why am I causing tantrums and how can I help her? Well, she's three. I mean, you're just going to have some of that. So let's see. You, you, she asked for a treat or snack. Okay. What if you scheduled her treat or snack? So she knew beforehand exactly when she was getting them. Every story I read today that, you know, a lot of those stories I read earlier, this mom even said, you know, my child wants to know what we're eating and what the schedule is, even the treats, uh, even the snacks. So, you know, that requires another step for you. But if you want to dismiss the tantrums, let her know. Um, put a timer on or something. She's only three. So I don't know if she can read a schedule yet. But... I don't know the reason why you're telling her no, why she can't have a treat or snack, but you need to create some structure around this so that she knows what's predictable. And I don't know enough about why she can't have her snack. I mean, I understand if you're at the grocery store and your child wants a candy bar. You're like, no, but thank you for asking. You got to move through that and just say, no, but thanks for asking. 
And maybe she's going to have a fit. I don't know. Does she have enough water? Is, she got, is her diet healthy? What's causing anxiety for her that it's showing up in this place? Is she getting the rest that she needs? Is she being honored, true to her nature in other areas of her life? There's a lot of factors that could be feeding her to be an anxious child, and this is where it shows up. How do I deal with type 4 silent treatment? My teenager gives me the silent treatment when not interested in talking to me. Looks elsewhere, hums to herself. Normally, I do not take it personally, and I just move on to the next child topic. But she has a medical issue that urgently needs attention, and she refuses to discuss it with me or take appropriate medication. She just ignores me when I talk to her calmly. How would you deal with this? A type 3 parent, daughter is 17 years old. Yeah, it's going to push your kind of, you know, I'm just going to make you do this. Um, that's tricky because the silence is really hard for a type 3. We, it's very aggravating for a type 3 to be met with silence. We're just trying to come up with solutions here. We just want to get this thing resolved. So in this case, you say it's a medical condition. Um, has she been required to go to a doctor? Do you give her, you know, there's a little bit of the ultimatum in this approach, but to say you can either choose this or we're going to have to go in this direction with it. And, you know, she is old enough that she could really take a bold stance on some things and take off or run away, you know. Are you doing it in private? Is this happening in private? Have you set up a time to talk about it and share your concerns, not about to say, you know, I want to, the, the issue of the, the, the communication issue when she's more agreeable. To say, you know, I want to set up a time with you to talk about our communication. Because um, I really care about you and I want to support you. Uh, do you need time to think about that and let me know? Maybe she does need time. Maybe you need to add to your, um, is this something you need I'd like you to get back to me on it. Uh, when can you get back to me? Do figure eights between the two of you. Those are sideways figure eights. Connect your energy again. She's putting up a energetic wall to you. Uh, connect with her heart. Enroll her and bring her to you. And you've not known about her type her whole life. So she may have some defense sets that she just out of habit enrolls based on the fact you she may not have been respected to the degree it would have been beneficial in earlier years. So now you're dealing with some fallout of her earlier experience in life. Press one if you've called in to ask me a question, and my producer will jump on the line and connect with you. How do I help my type 14 make wise decisions? My 15-year-old has been exposed to a lot of his friends, peers, and opinions. Marijuana isn't, oh, opinions that marijuana isn't a dangerous drug. He says he isn't interested in trying it, but he doesn't see a problem with the drug. How do I help him guide him in a safe direction? Also, he stays up until 2 to 3 at night. How can I help him get to bed earlier? I've shown him studies about sleep affecting health. It hasn't swayed his resolve, type 2 parent. Well, if I had a child that was um, positioning themselves that marijuana wasn't a dangerous drug and he's going by a peer review, I would go to Dr. Daniel Amon's site, amonclinics.com, or I would Google 
Dr. Amen brain scans of marijuana users. And he will show you how dangerous marijuana is to a developing brain. I don't know if he has brain scans of adult brains that are in their 50s and 60s using marijuana, but he will show, he has spec scans that show the use of marijuana as a routinely, and it will look like holes in the brain. And again, you, what's going on? You're being the, you're trying to get, it's tricky because you did say you presented some sleep studies about affecting health and it has its weight as resolved. Why is he needing to take these positions to stay true to his sense of authority? Type four children in their teens will choose an alternative position, even if it's not the most practical, the best common sense, or even the most wise, just to be their own authority. Where is he not his own authority enough that he has to position himself as the authority on these particular matters? Is the authority on his homework? Is he, be given, is he being given the authority over his chores? That means that it's an agreed upon, it's, it's a mutually discussed agreement what he comes up with. It's not about just say, do whatever you want. It's saying, you know what, you're the authority over this in your life. You can even say you're the authority over marijuana, but I would like, you know, you got to convince me that what your position you're taking, they type for a lot of type fours love a debate. So you just go, then I, you'd have to show me. And I'd like you to look into some of these resources. And if he's on front of a screen that late at night, what's he doing until two and three at night? And if he's got blue light coming in, that's affecting his melatonin, which is affecting his brainwave cycles and his hormone levels to go in easily induced into healthy sleep states. So, but he's, he's not the one leading this research. How can you enroll him into leading this research? And that you're welcoming him, proving you differently. <laughs> but what you're seeing is that you're correct, but can he show you differently? I've got a lot of uh, questions that have come in, and thank you so much. I've got some callers on the line that I think my producer's on the line with right now, so we'll wait a minute till I get to those. Got another question about a type 14. We've had our type 14 on meds since third grade, mainly to support him with school. He has ADHD, but he is getting worse with school over the years, not better. The psychologists and psychiatrists don't seem to be working. We do have plans to take him to a neuropsychiatrist to see if there is something we're missing. But in the meantime, he's failing eighth grade. He's 13. Well, if you're going to invest in that kind of uh, scientific medical support, I'd go personally, you'd probably pay a little more, but you're going to get a much faster answer. And the feedback to remedy it much more specific to his needs by going to one of Dr. Amon's six clinics in the country. I personally went to Dr. Amon's clinic last June. My husband and I had our brain scanned. We got personalized protocols for our situations. My husband is a stroke uh, thriver and he had a stroke five years ago. So we wanted to see what that did to his brain. I have a tremendous amount of brain health issues in my family. 
and I wanted to see what was going on with my brain and get a very, very spot on treatment recommendation for myself. And so just go to amonclinics.com and get really personalized help. That was the thing that Dr. Amon felt very strongly about in his early days of practice in the 80s, that they were the only doctors treating an organ they never looked at. And that's when he started to develop his specs, spec scan protocols, working with spec scans and looking at the brain. And there's a very, very thorough intake process. It's a 20-page intake process. Other people are giving feedback on your um, lifestyle and what they see in you. It's a three-day commitment when you're there, but so worth it if you're dealing with something like this that's so profoundly life-changing and he's been on meds as long as he has and you're not seeing results. I'd seriously look into the potent, the, prob the opportunity and they do have, I'm pretty sure they have payment plans. So it's not a one payment um, hit. Got Jessica on the line who's a type four or you have a type four seven-year-old daughter. No, seven-year-old daughter that's type three. And she plays the role of mothering and telling others what to do. So, Jessica, are you there? Yes. Can you hear me? Hi. Yes, I can. Are you a type four or is your daughter the type four? I'm the type four. I think I'm a four three. Okay. okay. And um, my daughter is... Uh, 3-1, I believe. Okay. High energy for you, for sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How can you share um, with me an example of what, how she does this? Yeah. So um, she gets a, her younger sister's dress sometimes, which is super helpful. Um, yeah. But she kind of takes Without, it a step further. Uh, and, just on her own initiative, she's doing this? Oh, yeah. Yes, like I okay. never, because they're four and almost eighteen months. So, uh huh. Um, she just does it on her own, and so she's four taking charge. Is a type four. Yes, yes. So the four-year-old is a type four, and sometimes she's down for her sister picking out her clothes, and sometimes it is like this massive fight in the morning. Like it's like they they share a room, so I will all of a sudden hear them screaming at each other. Oh. And then, and then, um, the other thing that she's been doing is, uh, like the other day, my daughter, my four-year-old, got like this keychain, and she put it in a safe place away from her sisters, and my seven-year-old, um, took it out of the safe place and put it on her backpack for her, because it's a keychain. So she's like, oh, I was helping her, but my four-year-old couldn't find it. Yeah was just running around the house freaking out about it. Yeah. And so she, I would call this her type three taking charge, just deciding. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And her type one fueling it to not think it through first. So those yeah. two energies working together, she doesn't have this sort of stop, think, then act. It's act while you're thinking about it really strongly. Yeah, And so she needs to learn that that's her nature is to, she's not informing anyone. She's just acting. And that's not supportive to her being loved and, you know, kind of that we, and that she's going to be supported. She's going to be disciplined. Even show some different scenarios. I think she's old enough to go in this situation. This is a really 
really, you know, for you to take charge of this was great. For you to just mm-hmm. take charge of that wasn't so great. That's why. And you need to inform. Okay. You got to train her to come inform you first, which is, this is what I want to do. Okay. Go rather, you know, and, and it, she doesn't, she's not willfully trying to upset everybody. It's a mechanics thing. It's basically right. the way she's wired. It's just, this is what's going on. So you've got to teach her now a strategy of informing. Okay. Come inform and mom. I know, then I'll be able to say, yeah, yeah, go do that. Or nope. No, do that. You know, what else can we get you to do? But you want to enroll her taking charge of things appropriately. So it's uh-huh. not dampering that, but it's this misstep. There's a missing piece. The, the, um, Connection, you know, taking, coming to mom, mom or dad, informing them on what she wants to choose to do. Okay. Okay. And that's just repetition and not getting upset at her. So getting upset is going to send the message, your energy is doing a bad thing. And she's going, well, I didn't want it to. I wasn't trying to be bad. I'm not going to be a bad kid. It's just she needs to learn how to work with it more consciously with this added step. So um, how do I, well, I know that I have not um, responded in a good manner at certain times. Like there's been times where I've been like, can you just not do that? Like, so how do I fix that? Like, how do I heal that? Tell her that in a private conversation, be honest with her. Children are very grateful for parents that are willing to be vulnerable and you're role modeling such a great characteristic to come back and say, um, you know, I've done some things that I'm not real pleased with here and I want to apologize because you're teaching them that they need to take accountability too at times, you know? Yeah. Really role, role modeling accountability is such a great thing for children to experience with a parent and just that honesty because they're more likely going to be that way with you then and say, I see what I've done mm-hmm. and how I could have done this different. Okay. Okay. So right. she's really, my sense of her is she's got a lot of energy. <laughs> she's she does. It's a lot of stuff. You're like, this child needs a lot to keep her busy. <laughs> so she's like, she does. looking for but things. I you will, know? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And it's true. And I try to find things for her and, but honestly, like her and I like used to argue and like yell at each other every single day before I read yeah, the child I was whisper. Just, yeah, I was just <laughs> thinking you before the child whisper, without you ever intending to, you were crushing this girl's will. I mean yeah. you know, yeah. thank goodness yeah. you know what you know now. It's just night and day. So now Seriously. you're just learning how to finesse too. it better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I, I could tell I was crushing her too. Like that, when I found yeah. your book, it was just a huge answer to prayer. So, yeah, thank you. So thank you. Thanks for sharing it with more type four moms because, you know, yeah. unfortunately, type four, I would say if I had to rank the who can do the most damage, it's definitely type four and type three parents. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah, mean, I, I can say that. I'm a type three, you know, so yeah, I'm like, I would agree. Eh, and no, I know I why. We, we're not intending to, but it's just the I default. I would completely is. agree. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I didn't know the way I say now. things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. 
Yeah, you had a podcast that talked about type fours, um, what type four moms say, like not to say, and it was really helpful. Yeah, yeah I just had to tweet so. that. Yeah, Maybe, exactly. You know, and that could be given, that actually, that's interesting you speak, you bring that up because um, that would be a good thing for parents to teach each of the, so listen to the other types and go, okay, my children need to learn how to say some things differently that they're uh-huh. not aware of. Uh-huh. See, that same podcast, that, I'm sure it was a series, could be translated to a parent being able to, once a child's old enough, which I think five, six, seven, they're getting into the age, they can take that feedback and mm-hmm. say, I understand what you're saying, but here's another way to say it, that it will be heard. You know, do you, you want to be heard? So here's a way to say it that people will respond more favorably. Yeah, so it's a good thing for parents to teach kids. So yeah, I agree. So that's a good. I should just turn that into. I'm thinking we got to spin that one and do a series on that now. So <laughs> thanks for calling in, and I'm grateful you're getting so much help. And this little girl is going to be really connected with you throughout your whole life because she knows you get her. That's great. Another. I do have lines open if you've got a. Call 347-677-1963. You take one more live caller. Uh, my five-year-old son asks a ton of questions, but sometimes won't accept the answer that you give him. Most of the time, he will listen to our answer, but sometimes if he doesn't think your answer is good enough, he'll ask the question again, expecting a different or better answer. I love his curiosity, but sometimes he won't even listen for an answer at all. Type three parent. I don't... I'm not sure what the type of the child is we don't have that information but the five-year-old and I think I would say this to any one of my kids would say I love that you ask questions um you can have three more and then I'll need to um it supports me not to answer any more questions I've actually done that with my type two husband where I've said um thank you I respect the fact that you have a lot of questions but right now I can only answer three more questions and you put a boundary around it. And then when you're done, say that, well, I won't be answering anymore. You know, we're done. Okay. Change the topic. Let's see. Oh, look at that. Oh my goodness. You know, you can move it in a different direction. Well, thanks for everybody's questions today. And I've loved this series, this tendency, the tendencies, um, eating tendency series, because, you know, something like eating that we just think we all do, um, fairly the same, you know, you eat so many meals a day. We all know it's better to eat a healthy diet. Um, but we saw how, how different each of the four types experiences food and their experience with eating and how strongly their tendencies and their natural movement come into play. And what a beautiful thing to help a child have a positive relationship with food, to have a pr- positive relationship with the experience of eating. It is something that's required in our life. You know, we have to eat. And so to build that plant on that platform for them so that they carry that into their adult life will nurture them at a level that they will be more apt to have healthy patterns with food, stay fit in their, what they consume will be healthy. They'll, they'll have a balanced experience with food. So they're likely to just stop eating when they're full. They won't have this emotional connection with food because we're not causing emotional stress and disorder in their experience with food and eating when they're children. So they're 
peace with food and they're at peace with eating, which then supports them in creating healthy, balanced diets and appropriate choices with food. So thank you for valuing this content because it has a long-term effect on your child, a lifetime effect on your child, how you deal with especially the things that are staples in our life, like eating, like being responsible for space, uh, communication, all the things that are required to maintain a healthy life experience we love to cover here on the Child Whisperer. I do have four private Facebook groups that are dedicated to each of the four types of children that we have over 12,000 parents involved in that are talking on a daily basis to share their success stories, their their cute stories of witnessing their child's tendencies and loving to share those. They're getting help from each other, troubleshooting and giving support and feedback based on things that have worked for them. You can find those links to those Facebook groups at thechildwhisper.com. They are listed under every post. Last week's post, Eating Healthy, Supporting the Type 3 Child, Eating Tendencies for the Type 3 Child, is up and posted. So you can find that on thechildwhisper.com. Also, sign up for my, if you don't know your energy type or you haven't taken the energy profiling course, go to caroltuttle.com and sign up for it there. And you can get enrolled in my weekly newsletter by signing up in that same field. When, uh, if, you, if you're not getting that, make sure my support at Live Your Truth Knows because they want, we want you to be getting weekly emails from me. We have great content that we share every week. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes.com. Carol Tuttle, and of course, follow me on Facebook.com, Carol Tuttle. I've had some great announcements this last month of the year, the first month of 2017. I'm excited for our I Love My Life event that's being hosted September 22nd to 23rd. We've sold over 200 of the 600 tickets available. Go to my Facebook page to find the link to register for that. I've got the Tapping World Summit coming up. I'm one of the um, few, there's only less than five you can count them on one hand, guests that have been invited back every year since its initiation seven years ago, and I am grateful to be one of those. I have two topics. One will be a bonus in the summit lineup, and the other one is a bonus content when you invest in the summit product. So again, we'll be putting more information about that in an email about the Tapping World Summit coming up. And the Because We Love You sale starts tomorrow in the Dressing Your Truth online store. It's one of our biggest sales of the year for the first part of the year. So get yourself some good stuff to just show you love yourself and start dressing your truth because that is one of the most powerful ways to show self-love. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I'm excited for my new course coming out the end of March called The Money Cure, The 30-Day Money Cure. You'll be learning more about that as time goes along, that it's going to help you heal your money issues so you can create financial abundance and be an energy magnet for money and teach your children how to create that so they don't have to go through any of the lack and poverty consciousness that has created debt and struggle that you have with money. I'm really excited that parents are going to learn this, to turn the tables for their kids before they're in their adult years. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you in the next live podcast. As a teacher, healer, speaker, 
best-selling author of The Child Whisperer and mother of five children, Carol Tuttle is honored to help you take the power struggle out of parenting and better understand the children in your life. If you'd like Carol to answer your question, call in next time or email your question to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Carol invites you to learn more about the four types of children at thechildwhisperer.com and connect with her at thecarolblog.com. If you haven't read The Child Whisperer yet, get your copy through the Child Whisperer website and enjoy happier, more successful, more cooperative children.